podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge miss cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger miss cake. Or the worst miss cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy. And it's May. If it's not tasty cake, it's a miss cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty cake. Except no substitutes. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. It's the day trippers. Well, it's a year since we brought you the first ever Day Trippers podcast. On that night, we talked on crackly mics about the problematic nature of the Lucas Jared midfield axis, and we fretted about our shaky centre halves. Tonight, one year on, we'll talk about the problematic nature of the Lucas Jared midfield axis, and we'll fret about our shaky centre halves. But fear not, Liverpool may be currently a bit shite, but the good news is that almost every other side is trying to be just as brutal. So. On this festive occasion, we'll try to accentuate the positive, or at least laugh our way through the negative. So joining me tonight is the upbeat, positive monkey, Damo Flood, converted gloom monger, Dave Thomas, fresh from a two-week quarantine, Paul Brennan, and the pipe-smoking ball of rage, that is Phil Casey. So we're gardening all that anyway. Okay, where else can we begin, I guess, but with the hellishness that was West Ham 3, Liverpool 1. Pretty much as rage-inducing a performance as we've had to endure since the dark days of the Hodge. Defensive incompetence, we had a structural shambles, a bit of a lack of urgency and penetration, and all set and trained by a bit of a baffling and flawed selection by Rodgers. Or to summarise, it was a flaming bag of poo. So let's start with the one uh, discussion point that we had 12 months ago uh, on the podcast as we started off, and that's the midfield access of Lucas and Gerrard. Does it function? Does it not function? Damo Flood, I know you have strong thoughts on this. No. Doesn't hey. function. No. Can we move on now? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think he has a valid point. We've, we've, we've talked about this to death. Everyone has talked about this to death, right? Mm. When Lucas is selected, even Dave Thomas, who's one of the most positive Liverpool fans I know. Not right? anymore. No, no, but no, no, but, but genuinely, we've ruined them. Beating me down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even he was concerned about a Lucas and Gerard midfield again mm. coming up against even a West Ham team that didn't have you know that doesn't have a particularly good midfield the gas thing is I suppose the, the, the bigger the bigger question is 
is had we signed Alex Song on loan, would we be in a better unit on Saturday than by not signing Alex Song on, song on loan? What, uh, and, yes. and, and, and that's, that's a genuine question. Mm. He did such a good job for West Ham's midfield in terms of stopping us play, right, and then giving them a solid base and not giving us any space to operate in behind for um, when we were playing the diamond for was it Sterling to play in there, right, with Borini and uh, Balotelli in front of him, that we didn't have that at the other end. Stuart Downing, Stuart Downing was allowed to look like a footballer. Mm. <laughs> right? And, and that's a very a, pacey that, footballer, yeah. Above all else, that's unforgivable. Mm. Now, the first thing you do it down is statistically, okay? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Clear cut chance creation. No, but the thing about it is, is all you have to do to Downing is do a hard tackle on him. After 10 seconds Do a hard tackle on do him Do a hard tackle on him <laughs> Flanagan did it against him last year for West Ham And he was the last time he was seen He was buying a hot dog After 20 minutes in the, in, 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 in the hot dog stand Seriously We let him look like a good footballer And that to me is the Forget who's playing That's a fucking disgrace All you have to do is stand yeah. near him And he just disappears out of the game I know <laughs> And yet we couldn't manage that Can I not move away from the Gerard Lucas thing What I find the problem with either of the two of them playing in there Is the lack Serious mobility, yeah. And any team that really we really struggled against, if you, if you look, like Allardyce was spot on. He went with the, the two big mobile strong lads, and Nobles uh, fairly puts a shift in as well. Mm. Gerrard's not able to put a shift in like that anymore. We we know that we know his, his capabilities there and his limitations there. Lucas could never fucking do it in the first place, yeah. And uh, he's not going to put a shift in. So you've got Henderson in there that's do the work of three men. All they do is depress the life out of Gerrard. And any team that's watching us playing that way should just notice, no take note of that. If if two of them are in, or even one, just press the fuck out of us, you know, and, and that's how a lot of teams are getting joy against us in the middle of the park. I feel. Yeah, yeah. but uh, th- we're talking about this. Is the point that I started off saying, that's this is what we spoke about on the pod in the very first pod, and we spoke about it repeatedly afterwards. And as Phil says, everyone is jaded with it, and yet we have a manager who makes a selection which is quite baffling. What, well, well, it it is and it isn't baffling because, to be fair, look. Nobody's defending Lucas and Gerrard. Gerrard's a good enough player that you can build a mid- midfield around him and, and carry him. He's a good enough player if you want to do that. Lucas isn't, should never be in the team, right? But to be fair to Rogers, if you told us today now Coutinho's injured, we can argue about whether that's how serious that injury is. But if Coutinho's injured, Alan's injured, and Jean is injured, mm. who's in your midfield if you're not picking that team? I understand. And what you're talking about so is. I'm going to say, I think if you ask Rogers to pick his. His best midfield, his second best midfield, his third best midfield, and his fourth best midfield. I don't think Lucas gets in any of them. Mm. The reality is our midfield on Saturday is our fifth best midfield or sixth best midfield. You know, so I think that I have some sympathy. I'm not. Ju- I'm not saying that we should be in this position. You don't think there was anything that could be done differently to avoid I, I, well, that situation that we know has been exposed ruthlessly in the past. I think that with the players we have missing, <clears throat> I think that. He he had a, his slight hands tied. I, I mean, I think we could go three at the back, mm. right, and play Henderson next to which Gerard, he did. push the two midfielders forward, which is what he did eventually mm. after mm-hmm. you know forty five minutes. But he went three at the back earlier. But he took Lucas off. Um, but the problem with playing uh, three at the back is you need your front players to be mobile, and this is something we'll come on to. And we didn't have that either. Mm. So I, you know, I think the midfields are terrible. I, I just don't think, I just don't think he had a lot of choices. 
It's yeah. my well, only I think small well, defence. If you want to play the diamond midfield, right, that we all want them to play, because yeah. it allows our two front men to have, you know, to, to have, it allows us to play two front men and allows our full-backs to bomb on. But if you're going to play the diamond midfield and you don't have legs in the middle to cover the lack of mobility that Gerard has, right, and you're putting in somebody who's even less mobile yeah. in Lucas, yeah. then... What's going to happen is, and we've said it many times, Lucas is going to drop back into the same space that Gerard is in, yeah. and both of them start doing the same job, but they're not quite sure where they should be on the actual pitch. And the same thing happened, and it just allowed, allowed West Ham to, to run through us effectively because there was such a gap between the two of them and the rest of the midfield because they were playing what they should be playing in terms that we couldn't get the ball. You could yeah. see the first 20 minutes, we could not get the ball. We couldn't get three, four, five passes together without being closed down and gotten the ball off us. Now, there's, there's a piece on this that the teams will put somebody on Gerard because they know he's going to sit at the bottom of that diamond. Now, if you're going to do that, coming back to the idea that, and he did go three at the back in the end, but we sort of then hamstrung ourselves a bit because we've had to put Raheem Sterling in as, as a right wing back. Yeah. And he's, he's, our, he's, he's going to be the, the penetrating force if you play three at the back and you have then four in midfield and you have one behind two. We, we, we took our main attacking, attacking threat out of our team by putting them. Yeah. The kind of it's right, the wrong uh, sub. Yeah, it's, it's the, the wrong, wrong sub. sub Lucas has got to go off then. Yeah. You know, yeah. Lucas Top. goes off to go three at the back. You keep Mankiw on the right-hand side, put Sterling in the middle of the park, keep Sterling in the middle of the park. Mm. I completely agree. Yeah. It's the wrong sub. Mm. Yeah, so I, I come back to what I said at the start. What is it? in Brendan that makes him think that, you know, he can keep throwing it at the wall and eventually it'll stick. What, 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 what the hell inspires that? I mean, Paul, like, what, what, what was your take on it? I mean, you've, Stephen Jarrett there is struggling to play three games in a week and you have a, another fellow who, like, with the best one in the world, he's actually less effective now than he was last year when we were having this debate. Uh, he's not, though. I, and, I think he is. He's not. And do you know why? He's never had a good first half of the season since Rodgers has taken over. And he had a great second half of the season last year. He had a great second half of the season in, in Rodgers' first year. And he was always poor in the first half of the season. And this I'll tell you Jared, why. Is it? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. I'm not talking about Jared. You're talking about Lucas, were you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, he's still, he's shit all the time. So like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what part of the season. That's, yeah. Anyway, Paul. I, I, well, I agree with what Dave said. I think there was, there's a serious lack of options. Maybe he could have tried to shoehorn Lalana in. Yeah. Even even then, the, like if people saw that, the, like people still would have been moaning. I'd I'd say because Lalana, he, he did really well when he came on, but so far he's looked really rusty. Yeah. So I I think as well, Rogers' hands were fairly tied. Yeah. The, so in, in what he could do. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously it it really backfired. We had to change shape after something like twenty minutes or maybe even earlier. But yeah, there's there wasn't a lot you could do because we have a, we like we have a good few numbers in midfield, but a lot of them like Lucas Gerrard. Um, even if Coutinho or Sterling, like they, they've limited roles that they can do. It's really uh, Allen and Henderson that do a lot of the work, and maybe Chan if he, if he does bet in properly. A lot of the rest of them they rely on the likes of Allen and Henderson. So with Allen out, it does limit our options really. Mm. Like you, you can throw Lucas in, but it's it's not going to be nearly the same. Yeah, so, without doing it to death, Paul. What what where do you stand on 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 like is it does it come back to that simple thing that you've just mentioned there about Jared having to play because of the lack of of options? Like it, it's 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 it seems a little bit excessive, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I I'd agree with what Phil was saying when he thought you were talking about Jared. He, <laughs> he has been fairly awful, I think, for the first. Yeah. Like he, he saves himself with his set pieces and all. Yeah. The, the, but even that's been fairly poor his delivery now this <coughs> season but like it, it's the same thing every year with the, he starts under Rodgers he just looks really rusty he doesn't there's no tempo to his pass and he's, there's, there's no defensive awareness and it takes until the second half of the season before he starts picking that up mm. so it, like I don't, I don't really know what we, we saw in pre-season that he looked really rusty coming back and uh, like I 
I, this is basically what I expected him to play like. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's but no in terms of the match, yeah, I think I think there wasn't much much choice of them to try and throw Lucas in beside him yeah, and hope I, for the best. I think the mistake isn't necessarily playing Gerard against West Ham. I think it's potentially playing him against Ludogorets. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking. Mm. Okay, don't all go mad, but if you're gonna play a game with Lucas, mm. you, you play that game and yeah. you play him at the base of the diamond where he can't he can do as little damage as possible <laughs> with Coutinho in the same side and that's the game that you rest mm. Gerard. But mm. this is where I do think Gerard's force of personality is difficult because there's no way Gerard's not leading the team out Into on the first night in yeah. the Champions League. Yeah. Right? So, so that's yeah. so yeah. now you've got this situation where we got no one to even sub him on 60 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever it is. No one to sub him on, on Saturday because the two boys that we would have or the three boys that we'd have to sub him are mm. all gone. So it's like this perpetual kind of <coughs> snowball effect where mm. it's not West Ham. West Ham's not the issue. It's that we've we've had injuries and mismanagement, <coughs> and I, I use that in inverted commas, up until that game, that we're in a position where Steven Gerrard, who's 34 years old, has to play three 90-minute games in a week. Mm. I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, well, look, one area where we can't say there's been necessarily a, a problem in terms of uh, availability of personnel is the centre half department. And um, Floody, this partnership uh, in inverted commas of Lover and Skirtle, um, which started the game. Uh, what would you say? Would you say the introduction of Sacco as early as he had to come in was that is that kind of a tacit admission that there there were massive issues with it? I don't. I don't think so. No. Uh, I think if we we do okay in midfield, I don't think it makes that change. Okay. I think that change was made purely because we were so piss poor midfield. We needed mm. to get kind of extra bodies in around there, as we spoke earlier. That substitution should have been Lucas fucking straight away. He should have been hauled out there. Yeah. You know, but on a, what happened happened, but Sacco or Skirtle and Lovren. They're not fucking walking. Like you look at the games, we conceded four goals in two or three games, and we eight we, now, eight with games that start, start, started that they start. Yeah, mm. and like you look at Sacco and, and Lovren. Okay, they weren't amazing, but we only conceded one against Villa. Now we we bashed probably Villa or kept control of the, the ball for most of the game after that. And we were they were comfortable, mm. you know. So that's one goal like where we're conceding twos and threes with with the other system. Yeah, so. I couldn't understand. Like straight away when I hear Skirtle's coming back into the team, I say, "Why?" Yeah. Why? And like I see on Twitter, like Sacco gets an absolute dog's abuse, but he doesn't do much wrong in games. Like he, he looks mm. a bit probably uncomfortable at times, but he's fantastic at defending mm. and defending first and foremost. That's his job, you know. And I've no issue with Sacco, and I can't understand this absolute blind hatred towards him. Mm. You know, people probably say my blind hatred towards Lucas if it's something the same. But what, what I, don't, I, I, I can't see any problem with Sacco. Well, I, 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 I struggle with the Sacco thing. Is everyone spends the time saying, "Oh, Sacco is led away with, with loads of things because everyone loves him." I only see Who people does? criticizing yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see people constantly criticizing him <coughs> for that very reason that yeah. every, everyone, <laughs> everyone lets Sacco away. With it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, hang on a second, everyone is saying that. Oh, we nobody criticizes him because and lets him away with it. But you, you spend like every time you read something, it's oh he looks ungainly. If, if you look at look at the press, the way they talk about, it, they're always saying that well, there's a mistake you, in him. Yeah. Mm. If you notice, that's all they say. There's a mistake in him, or yeah. he looks ungainly. <clears throat> but hang on, he might look gangly, he might look awkward, but he fucking does nothing wrong. Mm. Like he does his job and he yeah. does it well. Like it's, I can't, I can't. He's, see he's also our most composed centre back. The one thing I've noticed about him on the ball compared to all the rest is he never panics in possession. I know people say that may lead to the odd mistake, you know, where he, he's he's overcomposed and overcomfortable on the actual ball. But you know, as from direct mistakes he's made, I'm I'm struggling to think of of the goal. Somebody will say about the corner that was given away, and I'll stand yeah. over and say that was a Mignolet shout that went went horribly wrong. He's brought on, and we became defensively solid against set pieces, which we hadn't been up until then. Mm. 
Um, the goal itself, you know, that's all. That's on Skirtle. I know people are giving out about Henderson allowing the, the free header at the back post. Henderson, Skirtle shows, tells Henderson to go and pick Tompkins up when they're mm. setting up and he's looking directly at Reid. In that position, a centre-half should not be free. I no. don't give a shit. You pick a man, you stay with him. And now the fact that uh, Tompkins will go to the back post, mm. Skirtle should be saying, right, I'm going to go man-to-man on him. Yeah. They give, and win that header. We're going to compete here because he's a centre-half and centre-halves yeah. are notoriously good mm. in the air league. Yeah. So I'm going to match him with Man on man, man, he's standing there marking fucking nobody. Well, you only hand, and the, even, man, you only hand the man off if yeah. you've got two. Yeah, he's telling him there because he's picking up Reed. Yeah. Now, if he's picking up Reed, right, he has no excuse to start ball watching as soon as the ball is struck, and that's exactly what happens yeah. because Reed, Reed's run isn't checked at any stage. Mm-hmm. If Skerrill then goes to Reed after the ball is delivered, Reed doesn't get the free header to, to put it back into the net. The other thing is, and I'll say it right, and I, I, I praise him from a height after his performance against Southampton, right? The regression in Mignolet since that Southampton match, actually the regression in Mignolet since the mistake against Manchester City where Aguero scored that goal where he was cut out of position awaiting a, a back pass or something from Lovren that night, right? Has been phenomenal. And that goal as well, he's culpable there. He should be coming out and cleaning the house on the forced headers. It shouldn't even be a position that Tompkins gets a header back. Well, I think we should do Mignolet again because I, I think there's loads to say on him. I, I well, well, if we are going to come back to Mignolet, why don't you, as a man who I've heard articulate a contrary opinion on Saka, not necessarily an overtly negative one but I've heard you say things that maybe aren't as complimentary as lads were saying how did you feel he did Dave? Well I first of all let's, let me go back to why he brings Skirtle in which I don't agree with because I said on last week's pod right that you pick a back forward you stick with it for 10 yeah. games and all this chopping and changes do my fucking head in I don't care what his back four is just fucking land on it and stick with it for, for 10 games why he makes the change if you want my honest opinion I think that Lovren's his guy and he wants to play Lovren in his best position and and mm. fuck what happens around that he's gone that's my guy he's the guy that's going to sort my defence out so I'm going to play him in his strongest position which is left hand side therefore I have to play Skirtle I don't agree with it it wouldn't be what I would have done but that's why he makes the change in terms of Sarko the thing I'd say about Sarko is I think I, I don't think he's as bad as the press make him out at all right I, I think he's solid player but he he's not pulling up enough trees to make him a, to make it a travesty that he's not getting picked mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I mean people talk about if you go and watch him play for France and, and I'm just generalising here but if you go and watch the games he's played for France and everyone has based this opinion on him as this hugely dominant centre half wins everything was brilliant in the World Cup I, I can't find a 15 minute period in his Liverpool career where he looks like that I think he does things nice I think he's better than people make him out to be and, it, and if Lovren was not there, then I completely understand why there's a there's a clamor for him to, to, to buy him. But I think Roger said Sacco doesn't make up enough for what I lose from Lovren by playing him on the right hand side. Therefore I'd rather have Lovren. I'm not saying it's the right decision, but I think that's the logic he's going in. And I just don't think Sacco's done enough to I, guarantee I, it. I can't understand that logic because if I think back to, since we signed Sacco, I can't actually think back to where he's actually been directly involved in us conceding the goal from now. I might be wrong, it might be one or two. I'm sure it is, but, yeah. but I can pick three or four out since Lovren signed since, since the summer. But I, I you know? Every, every time yeah, I think of this, yeah. right? Every time I think of this, I keep thinking back to the back end of last season when the defence was making mistakes and the goals came down Skirtle's side. And, and, and that's what it boils down to. And every time I think, I think about Crystal Palace and Johnson is horribly at fault, but Skirtle is also a fault in those goals as well. I think this season, and Skirtle is not getting across to cover Lovren in, in any of the games, and the goals are coming from there. I think to the fourth goal against West Ham, he's caught 
as, we, as we've just gone through there. But again, look at the goal that scored against us. How many times was a ball played into the back post last year, into the right-hand side where Johnson and Skirtle are, are, are defending that area of the goal, and the goal comes from that point? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the same mistake repeated over and over again. And people say, is it the system or whatever? Well, if you put the same people in, the, in, in, in those positions and they keep making the same mistakes or the same things start getting happening against you, it's both the system and the personnel you're employing in that but system. But it's obviously something, right? <clears throat> I mean, again, I don't see it. Right, and you know I don't. I was good. I, I, you know, I, I, we should have stuck with Sargo Lover. But it, there's obviously something either in the way he wants his centre halves as a unit to play, and he, he there's something there that he thinks that Skirtle does better than other centre halves. Right? I don't know what that is. Winning individual battles, maybe or whatever. Or there's something about the way the back five or six play, and he thinks that if all that worked the way it was meant to work. Skirtle is the right player to have in there. The problem we've got at the moment, and I said it on a pod last week, is forget Skirtle for a minute, but the whole back line has moved up five yards. The goalkeeper's rooted to his line, and we've got a dysfunctional midfield. So you can have fucking Beckenbauer and Thiago Silva playing centre half for us right now, and they're going to look terrible because we just, as a functioning defensive unit, we have a terrible goalkeeper, terrible goalkeeper, and we have a midfield that's not functioning. So Kind of the centre halves is almost like a second <coughs> point for me. As a unit, we're all over the shop, mm. absolutely all over. Oh, the shop. we we can't really uh, we can't really keep ignoring the fact that that that, that Minule is coming up again and again here. Phil, do you want to get us started on this? I know you've uh, uh, just pretty much articulated that you feel he's regressed quite a lot, uh, quite quite dramatically. Um, is this something that's uh, a confidence issue? Is it fixable? He reminds me so much now in terms of confidence and in, in what he's doing and the, the, the lack of belief in what he's actually doing reminds me so much of when Dudek let the ball go through his legs and Forlan scored that goal Friday, in Forlan, yeah. and his head went and he looks like to me <coughs> it, it, it seems very like that he knew he knows that potentially Valdez is coming in he knows he needed to change his game to retain the number one jersey he tried to change his game and at the first time he may have been caught out of position as he tried to change his game. He's gone back to what he was beforehand, mm. um, which is a Shea Given style goalkeeper, which is, you know, being reactive, which is staying to his line and relying on a shot stopping from getting away. Mm. But even then, I'm looking at it, and the shot stopping that, you know, was incredible is not happening now at this yeah. stage. There are a few that got past <coughs> him that you'd th- yeah. like to think he could have stopped. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, all, all, I'm, all I'm thinking now is, is the guy, if his confidence is gone, we're in trouble. Because if, if there isn't a Valdez deal on the cards, Mm-hmm. then we're going to need to find the confidence and bring it back into him um, to get us through either until January or until the end of the season, whatever it is. And I feel sorry for him because he did, you know, as I said, he said previously, he looked to come on leaps and bounds towards the back end of last season. He was making big saves for us. You know, he even starts off this season making a big save for us and you're thinking to yourself, Jesus, yeah, you know, he stepped up mm-hmm. again. He didn't step up like, again. I go back to that I was so disappointed, especially considering what had happened at West Ham last year where he got battered by Andy Carroll Mm. And then showed a lot of balls and guts to come for every single cross after that uh, that one, right? And when I watched him against um, Villa the previous week, he was coming two yards, then dropping back onto his line. The defenders didn't know whether he was coming or not coming. Really for tentative, right? yeah. And it's you can see that they're they're dropping. If you notice, they're dropping two or three yards deeper on free kicks now, mm. where they were, you know, where they were prepared to hold the line. They're now starting to drop in because they know he's not going to come for it. And the first goal is is an example of where you know a, a Loris or De Gea or someone like that will just come. Even Chesney, you know, Courtois obviously will come and just clear the lines. But Phil, they're not even they're not even marking him. 
They're not even putting anyone on no, him in the lane. They don't anymore. need to. He's not getting blocked off. No. I, I, this is what's driving me crazy about him at the moment. The ball comes in, right? And you can argue whether that ball is the goalkeeper's or whether it's the centre half, right? But if the goalkeeper's not being marked, which he's not, he's not being blocked off in terms of run, the goalkeeper's at least got to take a player out of the game. So if he comes for the ball, yeah. if he comes to try and take it, he takes a West Ham player out mm-hmm. of the game, all right, he maybe misses it or whatever. But I'm just, I, I, I just think it doesn't matter who the centre-half is, if you've got a goalkeeper behind you that is never, ever going to come for a ball, mm-hmm. then I, I, just don't see, you know, I just don't see the point. I, I just think you can be the best defender in the world. But you've got players in front of you that you're trying to sort out, the goalkeeper naturally is the tallest player because he can put his hands above his head. Aren't you surely hoping that he's going to use that advantage to make your life easier? I'm just, I'm, I'm more mad at Minile not coming for that ball than anything that happens after that game. Mm-hmm. Anything that happens after that minute, I'm more mad about Minile not coming for that. Ball. Okay, going back to the, and even the Ludogorets game, and I said to you while the game was going on, just two instances there. One is the goal. Mm. He comes and but doesn't really come for it, and your man just runs around and slots it into the empty net for the equaliser. And in the, previously in the first half, he'd call for the ball, same as he did against Villa. This time he came, and then when he saw Sacco still coming towards him, he pulls down. He needs to take the ball, and if he takes Sacco out of it, mm. he takes Sacco yeah. out of it. He pulled himself over, and it ended up that Sacco had to give away a corner because you know Mignolet had actually gone. The ball had gone past him. You know, if 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 that's in another part of the goal, that's heading towards the goal line. Mm. And that to me is just a lack of confidence in what he's doing. Yeah. And if he doesn't have confidence in what he's doing, I can bloody well guarantee you the centre backs will not have confidence in when he's coming or if he's calling for the ball. They're going to start ignoring the shouts as he's coming for things. Well, Paul, that's a very good point, isn't it? I know you, you've done a, uh, an odd stint between the posts yourself. He, he needs to really have that determination and just that focus to just go and, as Phil says, clean house take whoever's in the way out of it and he doesn't seem to have that presence at the moment yeah my problem is the same as Mignolet when I'm in goal <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it is true like yeah, you could see Gerard bollocking as well during the Ludogorets game yeah and uh, like I agree with what Dave said like you, you know look you feel sorry for the centre-backs because they have an indecisive keeper in front of them or behind them and then the midfield sometimes non-existent in yeah. front of them like yeah Sacco like we talked about Sacco it was kind of two mistakes where Phil said he kind of uh, he was going back towards the goal against Villa and Phil reckons Mignolet gave him a show because Sacco he's normally fairly decisive with what he wants to do mm. and he kind of hesitates and then they were against West Ham uh, what's called, like, the, the ball's coming onto his head he does a big kind of 50p header and then there's just this ocean of space in midfield and so, so to have nothing in front of you and nothing behind you yeah. it is kind of it's, it's offsetting for your own game like if, if, if you're doing that and, and I, 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 like about twice before that Sacco had he- made the exact same header and both times Gerard was it was in that position, and eventually, like if you're a defender and you know your your, your midfielders are taking up certain positions on the pitch, like you're putting the ball back in because we take key possession of the ball and we start going and we're looking for for a, a, a draw. Mm. Now there is a bit that says, well, look, you have to be aware, but at the same time, if you're doing this repeatedly and the players are in those positions all the time, it also it becomes a bit of a memory job. So you know you're putting it back down there, we're retaining possession, we're going on. P heads it out of play. Straight away, West Ham have the ball and there's five minutes to go. They can mm. run it into corners and, and kill the actual game. What's disappointing again is the lack of discipline that even at that point we there's still a point for us there to come back into that our players have gone AWOL from the positions that they should be in on the actual pitch. Yeah, it's not like it was just one West Ham player who intercepted. It could have been any number of uh, people. It was a big empty chasm where there was no Liverpool player. And no Liverpool players, not even for a second or ten seconds. Like, Darren gets on the ball and there's nobody. Nobody's even nobody going to him. Yeah, yeah. He, can <coughs> he, he waits and waits and waits. 
And, you know, Amalfitano makes the run off Gerard's shoulder and he's not tracked. Mm. Skirtle or Lovren then makes it, you know, Skirtle, could, could, yeah, could do better with, with the actual tracking down on Amalfitano. The whole thing, it's a cataclysm of disaster. I mean, yeah. got, I, mean I, I still think Minnelli should. Anyway, I don't want to keep going on about Minnelli. Mm. I mean, the third goal I'm less angry about. At the end of the day, we were on the pod last week and we were talking about how we were 1-0 down against Villa and Balotelli's not in the box. So, yeah. you know what? You get caught out when you're trying to chase a mm. game. I, mm. I, I'm less angry okay. about that goal. But, you know, the other thing, you know, to go back to the Lucas and Jared thing, and, uh, you know, when I saw that team sheet, the first thing I thought is, we're never going to score a goal, right? That was my thing. I'm like, fuck, how are we going to score? So I was thinking, this has got nil-nil written all over it. Because at the very least, you're thinking, if you're playing Lucas and Jared in the midfield, we're all going to be fucking basically defending on a six-yard box and we shouldn't get caught out down the flanks and we shouldn't get... And we just... They just got pulled apart. For the second goal... Lucas loses a tackle in the middle of the park. And seriously, go and watch it again. Watch how slow he jogs back, mm-hmm. right? The ball's in the net by the time he's reached the ADR box. And I'm just looking at it going, this is meant to be the legs in our midfield. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you he's smiling. It's like he's in, a, like in the park or something. He's like, what's going on over he here? Flat just he was flat out there. <laughs> I mean, Jared, you can excuse because he hasn't got the legs, but at least he's busting a gut to try and do it. And it's frustrating to watch. I, I know, legs, I know like it's, you know? A, it's, it's either a great finish or a cross that got, that's gone wrong, right? Yeah. And I know in, in that instance, sometimes, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. But I do know that Mignolet is going to be Disappointed, he didn't even make a movement towards that He's ball. There. I know, I know. Like when I played a bit of Astro over the summer, I'd taken such a big break from playing and then going back and not being able to readjust my feet quickly enough. Now mm. I can t- do that because I'm 27 at this stage, right? So like you, you know, and you're not training. But a guy who's in there training, at least he wants to be making some movement back towards the ball mm. because I think la- that this time last season he adjusts his feet, he gets back and he pulls off a wonder save and pulls it out of the back. Field. But I think his feet are all wrong all game. Yeah. He he makes two saves right from uh, shots from uh, the left hand side of the box for West Ham, right hand side of our box, right, and both saves are going wide, and both times he makes a save. But it's 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 just angles are all wrong. He hasn't he hasn't lined it up right. It's interesting you said it. I I watched when I watched the game back <laughs> and I was watching sort of you know the scene those yeah. type of saves that he's making. And one of the things that went on Reina before he left us, right, was his footwork started to go yeah. off, right. Yeah. And you know people have asked the question about the coaching that's going on. And, and at some stage there has to be somebody needs to look at that and say right, do we have the best coach in there to do the job? Yeah. You know we've had the same coach through now. Uh, Hodgson, Dalglish, and now Rogers, and you know sometimes things do have to be refreshed. It needs to be new ideas in, and mm. you go out if you want to be the top club in the country, you try to get the top bodies around. We have we have wonderful coaches in in Ingle Thorpe and there that's running the academy. You know, mm. the, the, we're, 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 people are always praising the, the staff that they bring at the coaching level, mm. and you just wonder could we get a better coach because if footwork is going off, that's a coaching thing as opposed to. A talent thing. Well, he's the only coach that isn't. He's the only coach that isn't one of Rogers' team. Mm. He's the only coach that he could have inherited. But I mean, again, so, it was the same for me. I just thought they looked awkward, and I thought, geez, a top class goalkeeper pulls his hands away there and lets it go for a lets it go for a goal kick, you know? Yeah, um, Floody, If the keeper and the defence and the defensive midfield are all having <laughs> a bit of a mare. It's hard, isn't it, to point fingers at uh, Jordan Henderson and Raheem Sterling, who were for them subpar. Um, I, 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 I just I know you can get in. Of all the players on the pitch, I thought Sterling 
was 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 the only player we really had. Even at right at right wing back, he put in a stint. He scores the goal. Like if you think about it, when he, he's already moved to right wing back when he when he scores the goal, and he's pushed on. He's in the box, and he he was asked to do a job that's alien to him. Of, of all the players, he worked his bollocks off. And I'd say even for Barini, and he got an awful slight. He did work his, his bollocks off when he was on the pitch. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. Look. There's a, there's a difference between quality and the whole lot, but he put a shift in, and that's all you can ask of players. At, at worst, that's all you can ask of a player. If and that's what's annoying us here. We just talked about Lucas jogging back for for the second goal. At least Barini was breaking his bollocks to get around the pitch. If his quality isn't there, his quality isn't there. But he's breaking his bollocks. And even Balotelli put in a shift. You look at the amount of times he's come back into into his own half and done it. Look, we could rant on here about how bad all the stuff was. There were some positives coming out of that game. Balotelli's work rate was 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 one thing that I noticed that that's come on in every yeah. single game. It's 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 much bigger than the previous. We will game. get there. You're all over the shop with the with the, with the, with the agenda. After cutting across Floody for the second time, for the second time you cut across Floody. Um, I wonder why I haven't come on that often. <laughs> was it this week you said? Oh, I don't think I'm going to say too much. And by the way, have you noticed he's been 37 for at least 18 months? Oh, no. <laughs> fucking remarkable. <laughs> fucking remarkable. I got the same dose of your disease. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Floody, what I was saying was I wasn't slating Henderson. If you listen to the actual question what I was asking was it's not really surprising that the two lads did pull in a shift clearly but I would have said that they were less effective than usual but you can't really blame them for that all you can expect is effort because everything around them is fucked I have a theory on that like, yeah, the, the two boys have been fucking working with Roy Hodgson for two months <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. only back from a Hodge yeah, like, <laughs> listen we're playing we're not playing well particularly well at the moment mm. like, everything's all over the shop and like we're expecting a lot out of these. Like, they're still only young lads at, at the end of it. Mm. They're only back off a World Cup and not many players come back off a World Cup fucking hitting the ground running again and giving us another. Like, that, that's why I, I felt and I said it the last time I was on the pod I felt we needed another midfielder. Yeah. If, at, the, at the transfer deadline we definitely needed one more in there just to take the burden off Henderson. Like, he's expected to do so much work it's ridiculous. You know? yeah. And there's no man out to put up that. And, like, and he's been asked to play three games in a week. He hasn't had a rest in the summer. So... Listen, I've no issue with Jordan Henderson. I've no issue with Raheem Sterling. Like, there's a lot worse and there's a lot more problems in that team absolutely. than Henry was at the minute. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I think what, what everyone's getting a little bit annoyed about and a little bit pissed off about is we're expecting too much of them. We're expecting them to be our world beaters, to step up and kind of take the game with the throat. But they are only young lads, yeah. you know? And as I said, they're off the back of a season where they're going to be on a high with us where we finished. Uh, they're straight into a World Cup. They're straight back into football. and They've had no break really and that is going to take effect somewhere along the line. Mm. At the end of the day, you're away at West Ham and you're 2 nil down after seven minutes, right? What you want there is your senior players to come in and lead the team out of it. And, and age-wise and experience-wise, our senior players are Minnelli, Skirtle, Jared, and Lucas. And to a man, they were all appalling. So mm. you can't turn around. I mean, I had some issues with what Sterling did at the weekend. I had some issues with what Henderson did at the weekend. But you cannot turn around when you two, you know, and say, these are the boys that have to pull us out of it. At the end of the day, the senior pros at the team all in the team need to take a good look at themselves and say where the fuck were they on Saturday because mm. they just never turned up they never turned up mentally I mean Jerry's got enough on his plate trying to fucking sort his feet out mm. someone else then has got to go right I'm going to get a grip of this game and nobody did it nobody and, stepped up you know at the end of the day you can't expect the young boys to do it well, what about the what about the two men at the, at the, at the sharp end then Paul um, Barini and Balotelli uh, it was a partnership that some people have flowed that uh, could be effective um, did you see any indications of any kind of a partnership there I mean Barini certainly you couldn't accuse him of not being mobile he, he made plenty of runs 
Balotelli had a little glimpse of class, that beautiful takedown and all the rest of it. Um, what did you make of them as a duo? Um, not much really. I don't like. I, th- I think Balotelli's like had a, he's had a really tough time the past few matches. Like he's had the shit kicked out of him mm. most games that he's been in, and like you, you saw that you saw the keeper having a go at him as well. Like uh, while he was on the floor, and I think I think I think he's done the best with what he could. But, like in our last two goals from open play, where him t- taking kind of you know balls in a chest height in the box, he took down and he scored one, and he knocked one against Ludogorets, knocked one back to Sterling. So I don't think you can say that much about like Barini. He does try, and but I I think he's really limited. I don't mm. think he's got any kind of real technical attributes for, like that help us really I think his decision making's poor he doesn't protect the ball at all mm. he's almost like remember Sissoko used to kind of give the ball to the opposition so he could kind of tackle it back off and <laughs> that's kind of what Barini did he kind of controlled it gave it to the centre back and then started harrying the centre back for the ball back <laughs> like, I, I, I just I, I don't I don't rate him as you know kind of a starter for us at all Yeah. so I don't, I don't think there was much competition or much of a partnership but again like you'd say with Henderson and Sterling like just our, our build up is just awful like we don't we don't really give them any chance mm. it, it's all just kind of it's all real forced kind of balls that we give them like like I said with Balotelli just he's basically magic our last two goals out of nothing out so. of nothing yeah yeah David that's that's a fair point isn't it I mean like w- w- in the absence of storage <laughs> those two aren't really um, what we're hoping for really well look I mean it, I, I think storage is the big miss I think that you know storage is transforms that side even if it's just Sturridge instead of Barini in that team mm. I think it stretches the play Sturridge drops into I mean Balotelli drops in to collect the ball into midfield but nobody runs beyond him yeah. whereas with Sturridge when he drops you know he's able to control the ball turn and he's got the pace to get away yeah. from the defender and, and Balotelli doesn't have that now to be fair I thought Balotelli actually did great and what I've really admired about him is that everyone's kicked the shit out of him Mm. And he hasn't reacted mm. once for all the talk yeah. of his mentality and all that kind of stuff. And actually, when Sturridge comes back, I'd be tempted to give him a game out, uh, drop him out for the derby. Uh, Balotelli, I wouldn't play him. I'd play a slightly different formation against Everton. I probably wouldn't play Balotelli. Um, I'd give him a bit of a rest. But I think he's been really good and kind of effective. But I think we, we'll see better from him when he's playing with better players yeah. around him, you know? Right. <laughs> Jesus, that was grim. Okay, will we just what wrap it up. We wrap it up. We'll just say we were shite just and leave it at that. Okay, we were shite. Okay, review over. <coughs> okay, we're absolutely delighted to be joined on the line by Jason McAteer. Um, Jason, we uh, we're, we're really really pleased to have you on the on the show to celebrate the the one year anniversary of the of the day trippers. Can I start off by asking you something about uh, the ninety six ninety seven season? Uh, is there any outstanding memory from that season for you? Why have you gone really posh with your voice? And like, <laughs> 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 that, what, it was when you were talking to me, you were like a proper dub before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got me there, fella. Why are you doing that like you've five minutes ago? And then all of a sudden, you've gone dead posh. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. He's a fucking coach. I'm, well. not, I'm, not I'm not even from Dublin, fella. I'm not even from Dublin. Actually, that wasn't me. That was Phil you were talking about. But anyway, uh, oh, any, any, any outstanding memory from the season? Um... Obviously, the Newcastle game yeah. um, will stick out. Yeah, that's probably been one of the highlights of um, of the season when it comes to performances and on one-off fixtures. Um, it was probably overall. I think when we look back on the season, I think it, we we'd look back. We don't look back too fondly because we missed out on um, on winning the title. Uh, yeah. we, we were so close. Um, 
Was that the season we got to the FA Cup final at the end as well? No, that was the one beforehand. We, the, 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 the following that's year... That's the one beforehand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'd come off the back of that really good season, hadn't we, where yeah. we, we were so close. Obviously, I think Roy had made a couple of signings. I think Patrick Berger had come in, at me. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. Yeah, we fancied, we fancied us, yeah. I mean, we were going toe-to-toe with Man United for the time. I was at Liverpool, and um, obviously missing out the cup final was... was uh, was really a bitter, a bitter taste. But what do you make of the current setup then, Jason? Um, there, a lot of people have made some comparisons there with the with the team as it is now and the team that you guys played in with the well, maybe last season's yeah. team and the team that you guys played in. In terms of the attractiveness of the football, and you've got the 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 the, the really effective goal scorer up top, and you've got you've got the, the the old head in midfield, and just an exciting kind of buzz around it. Do you see any parallels there yourself? Yeah, I said a few times last season. I can see, I can see my team in the way that Liverpool play now, the way that Brendan's got them playing, the philosophy that Brendan's applying. It probably wasn't spoke about as much the word philosophy and sort of uh, tactics and all that. It wasn't really around when I was playing. It was, you know, it's analysed to death now, isn't it? Statistics mm. and yeah. and what have you, and, and everyone talking about the philosophy and the group. And, all this kind of stuff and now people are the managers trying to implement it but I'd have to say Roy Evans our Roy Evans philosophy although it was as well was very similar to the way Brendan plays you know we we defended high up the pitch Robbie Fowler um, Stan Collymore you know we chased down sort of the defenders we tried to win the ball high up the pitch and get on the attack from there um, yeah we were very expansive great going forward easy on the eye when we got to the final third inevitably we, we created a chance or you know, we we create something where um, one of the strikers or Stevie Mack would get an opportunity to score, um, and we scored a lot of goals that season. Our downfall, like it was last season, was our defensive record. It, it wasn't great. Mm. Lapses in concentration cost us cost us goals, which cost 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 us points at the end of the day, valuable points, which probably you know cost us the league. So there are parallels to, to last season's team and the way they played, and and. Um, how it sort of panned out the season, so it's pretty much our season, 95, 96, 96, 97. Yeah, it's fascinating to hear you speak about um, Roy Evans there and the way that on his, as you say, like the, the word philosophy is overused now and people uh, do analyse things mm. like that. But did did Roy go out of his way to keep it simple, straightforward for you guys? Was there, was there, was there a very simple kind of... Um, Notion, as you say, press high, try and retain possession. Were, were team talks that, that direct? Liverpool's based, you know, Liverpool's philosophy, if you want to use that word, has been has been around for since the fifties, since the early sixties. You know, Bill Shankly brought it in. Yeah. You know, training was very much the same. Obviously, there was more more emphasis on fitness as as the years went by, but it was very much, you know, the same as what Bill Shankly's vision was. Training was very similar. Um, you know the, the kind of player that Liverpool bought was very similar to the what Shanks's vision was, and that just went down the line from Shanks, you know, into Paisley to Fagan to Dagleish. You know, Sunes tried to change it a little bit, and obviously was, you know, was kicked out, and it went back. It went back into the hands of Roy Evans, and Roy took it back to, to Liverpool's philosophy. You know, and um, they win the ball high up the pitch, and we attack from there. We attack with pace. Um, there's an agency in, in what we try and do. You know, we're not on the ball too long. We're always limited to, to the amount of time on the ball. There's always options. Now that's that's a Brendan Rodgers team. But if you look back through the years, that's how 
Shankly's team was Paisley, Fagan, Devon, Daglish's team. They were all like that. Yeah. So Brendan's not reinventing the wheel at Anfield. He's just taking it back, mm-hmm. probably from what Roy, Roy Hodgson had it, um, back to the, what we know. Yeah. And, uh, and he's doing it, and he's doing it well. As, 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 a, as a, a fellow who's got the, a good feel for the local scene, what's your take on, on Ricky Lambert and his situation? Um, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, st- a story that the papers like, but uh, how do you feel he's going to cope with it? And, and have you seen him maybe sort of um, being a bit, uh, struggling with it a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the fairy, the fairy tale story of Ricky Lambert's great, isn't it? I mean, one, you know, you, you tell your kids and they aspire to and they never give up hope and there's always that opportunity to join your boyhood club like, like I did. Um, it come a little bit later for Ricky, didn't it? it you know, it was, the story come out about how, like, you know, one league and then lower leagues and come through the ranks and stuff. I've got to admit, um, when Brendan signed him, I did question Ricky, really, because um, he was never going to play like consistently in Liverpool's first team. He, you know, he said when Suarez was still there, he was never going to play. He's never going to be a regular. Now, if he'd have stayed at Southampton, he probably would have played 35 games this season. Yeah. You know, at Liverpool, he'll play a handful of games, come on maybe 20 times, won't he? So, you know, there is that question about Ricky, where he wants his career to go. But then you look on the flip side, and Liverpool only come knocking once. And I think if you get the opportunity to sign for Liverpool, whatever the situation may be, then sometimes the urge to go there is too much. And obviously, Ricky felt that. He's coming to the, maybe the, the twilight of his career. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, I've, I mean, I've been doing a bit of press tonight and, you know, I've, I've been harping on about footballers only left with their with their, um, their memories of, of playing. You know, no one really gives, gives a toss, really, about really what you've won and all that kind of stuff. But as players, as individuals, personally, you know, you're left with your memories. And, and I look back very fondly on my career. And Ricky will look back on his very, very fondly. But also, Ricky will look back at the day he signed for Liverpool. And that's great for him. Yeah. But, you know, for Liverpool, there is a time and a place for Ricky Lambert. There is, you know, Hull away when we need a goal, you know, cup games, you know, the strength and depth, Ricky's part of that. So, you know, we'll have to see at the end of the season what his, um, what his value and his contribution has been. Jason, hey, it's Phil. Listen, just a quick one on, on Ricky Lambert. Do, do, do you get the impression that he might be mentally struggling a bit with the pressure of playing for his boyhood club? And what was it like? Like, obviously, you, you, I remember the when, when, when you signed from, I think you were a bit hard and emotional when you were doing a bit of a, a press interview that day after after you, after they announced that you're actually signing. What, what was it like in terms of the pressure on, yeah. on yourself when you know to, to to turn out and perform for the boyhood for your boyhood club? You know after after you've made made the signing and the whole lot. Yeah, I think the euphoria dies down and sort of dust settles about actually signing. Um, you know that's quickly forgotten in Liverpool. You're expected to then perform. You don't get a lot of time. You know, to bed in, you don't get a lot of time to, to not play well. You have to sort of hit the ground running, really. And it was different for me. I was I was very young, fit, and you know, I I play I was playing out of position as well, which I actually enjoyed. Really, I, you know, I'd gone into right back and then into the right wing back, and I was enjoying it. And I was sort of left just to get on with it, really, but putting in decent performances. I think what's different for Ricky is that strikers are judged on goals, aren't they? And yeah. You know, they have to score goals. Hitting the ground running for them is scoring goals. And, you know, once that goal doesn't come, then all of a sudden the pressure, then you try a little bit harder, then it becomes more and more difficult, then the fans get on your back, then questions are asked. Plus, the performances aren't great at Liverpool at the minute. You know, so he's, he's having to battle that. If Liverpool were winning, and they were winning by two and three, although Ricky hasn't scored, 
I don't think people would be suggesting he's not quite up to the job. I think because the team's not playing well, because they're not winning games, because Ricky's not contributing to scoring goals, I think all of a sudden the knives are out, the fingers are being pointed. I think, you know, once once the dust settles with the performances and people the balance is right with the team and Ricky gets a goal goes in off his backside, I think we'll start seeing a, a more comfortable mm. Ricky Lambert as opposed to a Ricky Lambert that's probably trying too hard at the minute. Trace, how are you doing, Steve? Uh, I just had a quick question. One of my uh, favourite memories of yours, or the game that I remember quite well, is uh, when you scored the penalty after uh, scored the rebound off the penalty when Fowler tried not to get uh, David Seaman sent yeah. off. And I just wondered, uh, what are your memories of that game? And did did Fowler ever explain what he was doing afterwards? Um, no, I mean I get asked all the time. Did Robbie mean to miss that penalty? If Robbie Fowler went to miss the penalty, stick it wide or stick it uh, high. <laughs> so it was on target. Seaman could have died the other way, couldn't he? And it would have gone in. Yeah. You know, David Seaman made a good save. I think personally, it was my first Premier League goal, and we played Nottingham Forest um, the Saturday before, and I'd had 13 stitches in my head. Dean Saunders had, had elbowed me from a corner, and I'd had to go off with and, and have 13 stitches. So there was a bit of a concern that I wasn't going to be fit for the Arsenal game. Um, I think it was midweek, wasn't it, the Arsenal game? I don't yeah, think yeah, it, was yeah it was, yeah. So, we travelled down, and obviously, you, you, it wasn't really a time of squad rotation, so if you found yourself out of the team, you could be finding yourself waiting a while to get back in it. So, giving your shirt up, you know, one, for, for lack of form is one thing, but through an injury is another. And I felt, although it was a head injury, and I was probably advised not to play, I just told the gaffer I was fit. And I just said, listen, I'm fit, I can play. And I, I got bandaged up and um, and I just went out and played. And then my reward, I, f- I always felt, was obviously scoring the rebounds from uh, from Robbie's corner. Mm. And then um, I just, I'll tell you what else, it just happened as well. I just done the washing go advert. So <laughs> I was by, um, by the fans, by the Arsenal fans. So obviously when I scored, that's the... Uh, that's the sweetest pill to take, isn't it? When you can uh, when you can give some stick back and it's a goal. So um, I always I ran away. I went. I ran away to the um, to the because we're at the Arsenal end, and I uh, I can't repeat what I said to the Arsenal fans. So, uh, your, your your hair looked lovely, mate. Anyway. <laughs> 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 My hair looked lovely. Yeah, yeah. it did. <laughs> so come here to to to, to answer, well, maybe you can throw some light on this. Who was the better Irish Liverpool rifle, you or Steve Finnan? Oh, it's going to be me, eh? <laughs> I'm out of a doubt. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Steve, Stevie Fennin was a, was a, a great player. And, um, you know, I left, I left Liverpool under a bit of a cloud of controversy with Gerard Houllier and, you know, the club was moving in a different direction. And I look back now, I think maybe I should have stuck it out a little bit longer. But I wanted to play. I had a career for Ireland. I wanted to carry on and play. And uh, I decided to, to move and... Like I said, maybe you're looking back, maybe I should have stuck it out a little bit longer. But obviously, Rigobert Son come in and Marcus Babble come in. And, you know, I'm quite fond of, fond of that right back position at Liverpool and I do look out for it. I went to the inside for the club. I was, I was made up. I, I felt like, you know, a real homeboy had gone back there. You know, mm. a fellow Irish player had gone back and the shirt, you know, was back where it belongs with, it, with an Irishman in that position um, back in the Liverpool team. So I was a big fan of Stevie Spinning when he was there. And obviously winning the, the Champions League, I was made up for him. And, you know, he's, he's a great lad, Stevie a great lad. Just before we let you go then, uh, Jason, on that right-back uh, situation and looking back and focus back on the team as it is, what do you see as the future there? Is it Javier Manquillo, in your opinion? 
obviously Glenn's um, form's come under a bit of scrutiny over the last the last few months and sort of the back end of last season. And you know, Glenn's a quality right back. He is, there's no shadow about it. But, you know, there is a little bit of question mark over his contract and whether he signed his deal remains to be seen. Um, and Quilo's been signed on a two-year on a two-year loan deal, obviously with the with the um, with the chance of him signing at the end of it and making it making the move permanent. So we'll have to wait and see. I think what what Glenn does. I think Mankio, it's a big step up to come from the Spanish league straight into the Premier League at a young age. Although he was at Atletico and he went through that tremendous season they had last season, and he's got bits of experience. It is different week in week out of the Premier League. It's a lot more physical, and I think there will be a, a time for him to come out of the team uh, and be rested, and then maybe go back in. I think he will share that position with Ben Johnson this season. I think Glenn, probably in his final year, I think if I'm right saying, I think you'll see a much more improved Glenn Johnson this season with a point to prove, mm. maybe with a new new contract hanging over his head. He'll, um, he'll want to put some better performances in and improve that form. So we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. And another guy who's going to be in the shake-up there is John Flanagan, a, a scouser. And with the derby coming up, what was yeah. your what was your own uh, what, what were your own memories of the derby and 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 what what it means to be part of it when you're from the area? Yeah, they're not great games to play in. Um, yeah, certainly for for someone who's from the area, um, they kind of remind me of like remember them games in school you played and everyone just sort of ran after the ball and just kicked each other to death. <laughs> yeah. That's what the, that's what it's like. It's like 100 mile an hour. No footy gets played and it's just two can smash each other the hardest. That's yeah. what a derby is like. It's like the crowd are really intimidating when he goes to Goodison. Um, there's a real intense atmosphere at Anfield. Obviously, there's bragging rights on the line and the press sort of starts on the Monday after the, the previous game. Mm. You know, it, the build-up is a lot longer than a normal Premier League game, which usually starts around Friday. You know, the build-up is from Monday. I think, as well, there's even more on it because of the way the two teams have started. Everton started as poorly as Liverpool. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot more riding on the game. Um, I do think Liverpool will come out on top in the derby. We've seen sort of had the upper hand over the last few years. And the form books do go out the window when it comes to this game. Um, but I think Liverpool have just got enough quality still to beat Everton it, it, you know it's not started well for Everton they are struggling they haven't found that balance and consistency a bit like Liverpool but I think Liverpool have got better players so I do see Liverpool running out I think it's going to be tight uh, I think Liverpool will win it by uh, by a, a 1-0 maybe mm. well that's a good that's a good note and on Jason you're a gen thanks a million for taking the, the, taking the call and taking the time no problem <laughs> right let's start and have a look at the uh, game that's coming up next which is Middlesbrough in the Capital One Cup uh Selection's going to be very interesting here, fellas. Um, well, it will, because we probably won't know half the team that's playing. <laughs> we probably won't know half the lads. They, like, okay, there's, there's, there's several injuries. There are others who may end up being rested, or anyway, there's debates to be had about that. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting-looking team, Paul, isn't it? Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Be, yeah. I, no idea. Well, we're, we probably could see a few kids with the injuries that we have. We kind of have to, we don't have, we? We have to kind of protect the players. Yeah. But... Uh, also, I remember saying this last year where uh, there's a few lads here just saying, no, fuck the Cubs. Just uh, just play, just rest everybody. But I don't want to see like a Northampton or anything like that. That, uh, mm-hmm. that always like, that, that always puts the shits at me. So I want us to put out like some decent players, but 
at the same time, like yeah, you, ha- you have to rest people for the derby. I don't know what he's gonna do really. That's my incisive analysis. <laughs> well, like that's that's exactly why you're on the big books, fella. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Slowly>. especially for his <laughs> premium. And what about Middlesbrough team? I've been watching them all season. <laughs> Floody, tell me about, talk to me about the. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's from Spurs. Juninho is a quality player. <laughs> talk to me about the midfield, Floody. Uh, what are we going to do there? What midfield? Yeah, I know. Yeah. What uh, are we going to do there? Talk like Henderson struggling. Yeah. Uh, Gerard fucking better than has to anywhere rest. near that okay. fucking ground tomorrow. So what does it look like? What does it look like? It's pretty got, dim. Like, yeah. it's, it's going to be pretty grim in there. We'll hopefully uh, see. Be, fuck Lucas in there anyway. Everyone wants to We have to rest him yeah. for the derby. He better Put it this way Markovic is going to play And if Markovic plays We've got to change the way we play Because he's going to play wide Okay So we're probably going to go Four across the middle So we can We can drop one of the lads out there So you can go mm. with Rossard You can go with Lucas mm. As the two uh, You can push Lallana to the right Markovic on the left yeah. Yeah, Then you've got a four You've got a base of four You'd probably stick with Barini Give him another 90 minutes under his belt yeah. and he'll, he'll start Ricky Lambert up front. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Uh, he, said, he said he's starting. Said. He, said he's he said he's starting. Start. You can put McLaughlin in at right full. Uh, yeah. I think Kevin yeah. Stewart though is ahead of him in, in the back. Either or. It's going to be one of the lads anyway from the, from the younger age. I don't think it's, John it's not, it's not going to be. So. I don't think he is either. Uh, uh, you put Colo in, centre half. Uh, it's going to be Sacco. It's going to kill you. It's going to be Sacco because the way it is, he's tour choice. Yeah. It, it, I don't want to be but he is Torchoise and Brendan's yeah. head he's Torchoise yeah. so it's going to be second on tour I, I, I believe now what do you make of the comments today from the manager where he's saying he's taking the competition seriously and he really wants to win it how do you feel about that uh, he, well that could be as I was thinking the other day he might want to get a bit of confidence into the lads and go with a fairly strong team mm. I'd hate to fucking see it no I really would I'd hate to see him we want to win the game we want to get through mm. we want to get into the next round mm. and put it this way we, we all messed around last year saying forget all the cups let, let's concentrate on the league but it's good to hear a manager that does want to take the competition a little bit seriously and he could be looking at this saying right, we've lost two on the spin can we get a side out on the pitch and get a bit of confidence into the lads and, and maybe get a good win out of it so he might go with a fairly strong team I think there's a real you possibility know? of that and lads. the fact that he's come out and said that I didn't actually hear yeah. him saying that but the fact he's come out and said that that could be yeah. leading into it so when he does name the team that the whole kind of fan base doesn't go what the fuck are you doing here like, you, yeah. know, you need the rest for the derby you might be just putting it it's, putting it now. There, yeah, yeah. it's a horrible time for us to have this match now with the injuries and the derby mm. coming up because yeah. with, with the dailies made out of saying we want silverware this season like it's an, obviously it's a good cup that you can go for like, mm. yeah. so it's a horrible time to have to play this match with the, the, like, the depleted squad yeah. and the the big game coming up because like, this is huge it's not a gimme either it's not a gimme I mean I think he's. I think he's going to play a very strong side. Yeah. I personally, I'd play three at the back because I think Skirtle needs minutes, so I'd play Skirtle. Yeah, uh, and then bring Sacco Torre in. Yeah. Play three at the back. Play Mad Jose on the left. Bomb it forward. Play someone on the right. Don't yeah. really know because <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you don't have to play as many midfielders, which is good because we don't have any. So you're yeah. you're only playing maybe Rosta. I would. Yeah, that's a... maybe wouldn't play Lucas. I'd play Rosta and maybe. 
Lana in the middle of Pascoe. Pascoe in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually getting excited at this moment. He, he went in and got himself his own squad number. You know, you oh, know. Yeah. Just in case, boss. Just in case. He, <laughs> okay, uh, Colin. Okay. Get Ma- the cones there, will you, when you're in there? I knew these shorts would come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New boots. <laughs> Markovic will play. Lambert will play. Yeah. Suzo will play. So, I mean, it, you know, I think it'll be relatively strong. I mean, all those players we've named, they're all first-team squad members. I don't think he's... Apart from someone he has to play in midfield and maybe at right back, I don't think there's going to be too many kids. Mm. I think um, the midfield... I, 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 I'm not sure we'll go straight at the back. I think we... we I think, yeah, Enrique plays. Um, I think he probably plays Mankeo because he did take him off quite early in, yeah. in the game. He's probably seen a good game for him to play in. Yep. Um, unless Flanagan is fit or John Glenson is fit, it'll be one or the other. Right? So, and if they're not fit for the Derby, we're not but, doing Johnson now. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but you know, then 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 you're down to Mankeo, um, or else you're playing, or else you're forced to play three at the back. But I think he plays Mankeo because he's looking at him. He's 19. He's he's not carrying any knocks. You know what I mean? Mm. He, he'd be able to go in. Um, worst case scenario, in in the event that he got injured, you'd probably play Dentry at the back in in the actual derby and use Sterling or Henderson as, as a right wing back there. Well, you probably can't because you have to play midfield. But the midfield, I think, would be interesting. I'd play, go, I'd, I'd start Lucas. I'd play Roster, give Roster a, a, a go in this because I would say they're even looking at potentially letting Roster go out on loan in the in the in the winter window. You know, till the end of the season, maybe to a championship club to see if he comes on. So this would be the standard of the team he'd be playing against anyway. Um, and then I play Suso. Suso plays like Coutinho in the number eight role when he's playing for the Spanish underage teams. Mm. And you know that's where he play. He, he can play. He played for there when he before he came to us. So I play him there. I don't think we lose anything by playing him there. Mm. He, you know he's been out in Spain. He's been out. He, you know he's played first team football all last season. He hasn't had a look in. We're down to the bones with midfielders. I wouldn't want to see Henderson or Gerrard risking this because if, Gerard, if Henderson's carrying a bit of a knock, we can't afford to lose him ahead of the actual derby. Yeah. And then up front, if we're playing Lambert and we're playing Barini, Barini, they, they when they loaned Barini out last year, they got him to play as a, a right-sided forward. Um, and we have Markovic who played as a left-sided yeah. forward with Benfica and you have Lambert then as, as essentially a target man but with, with Barini and Markovic both of them will work their flanks as well So, so is that how, how Brendan justifies saying that he's taking it seriously and it's going to be a fairly strong team yeah. if it's a line-up along those lines If, if you look at that you're, you're not looking at like potentially you're, you're really only looking at Rossler and Suso coming into yeah. the side uh, you know that wouldn't be, wouldn't in, be in the shake squad yeah. for, for looking ahead to the weekend But also then none of the front six that play tomorrow start the derby <coughs> That's you know, so He's able to do both then, yeah. Like, you know? yeah because if they're saying storage is potentially storage fit, fit, but talk, talk to me about the significance of um, needing to register a win here I mean it can't be underestimated we've lost three out of five it, it, it depends on, uh, on your opinion on this right um, I would be in does the, it I, I would be in the, in the camp that because we're in the Champions League this year yeah and because we need to be back in the Champions League again next year mm-hmm. I wouldn't be that pushed on a run in the League Cup to be honest with you right it's not that we have a bank of, of, of kids that we want to play in this because if we're taking this and we're playing that type of team we want to get minutes under the belt for the lads who are part of the squad and who may have to come in and play so for me it's not that big of a deal um, I know I know it's, 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 it's you know it's a cup game and it's great to win silver and blah 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 I'm not a big fan of it Um given that we have so many games in the Champions League we've already got issues with, 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 with fitness in the squad so 
I'm like I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it for what it is. It's it's not going to hold the same um, fear factor for me as say the derby would if we don't get the result. But now. think about the squad and the idea of four losses out of six. That's not good, is it? Look, yeah, but losing losing is not a good thing anyway. We've lost two back to back. Now, if you don't, if you can't get a reaction when you go into something like this, and you're bringing in players who want to make it, make a point to make a statement and get in get into the reckoning for starting on the fourth team, mm. and they're playing against a championship side now, oh, like. Let's let's be straight about this. This isn't. They're not playing a mid-table Premiership side where we've struggled. We're playing a Championship side, and if we're saying that these t- players are good enough to be in our first team squad, then they should be good enough to go out and do a job against Middlesbrough. And that, like that, person, that's my thing. I just don't see we risk players going into the derby. And we've got, you know, the reality is we've got six games in three weeks. Do you know what I mean? We've played three of them. <clears> we got, uh, you know, we got another three to go now. Uh, so the truth of it is, we we have to be able to rotate and bring players in. And look, there's no way he's going out there going. You know, it doesn't matter if we lose. You're going to put a team on a pitch that he thinks is good enough to beat Middlesbrough. Mm. And you know, if 25 million pound Markovic is on the field, the 25 million pound Lalana is on the field. You know, and Jesus. some of those players, and you know, the back the back four is going to be plenty experienced. Actually, I think many will play. I didn't have Lalana in the team. You didn't? No, I didn't. I think Lalana. And I probably didn't have him in the team simply because if I look ahead, you again, forgot about him. No, no, no. <laughs> You'll no. figure any plays in the. Derby. I'm looking. I'm looking ahead yeah. to the derby, and I'm looking at potentially who's fit to play in yeah. the side. And if you know, if you, I, I know we're pre- previewing the derby later in the week, but if you if you want to change to not play Lucas in the team, you're probably looking at four two three one or something around that with Lana playing in the ten position. He probably such. needs a game though. No, he? I think you play the diamond in the derby. I think Coutinho will be fit, Henderson will be fit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just. Yeah, but I know what you mean. But I think he'll give. I think he'll give Lalana minutes because you only got forty five. Mm. He might only maybe, get forty five, maybe, maybe sixty. I don't and know. probably, but then if then in my in my mind, then Roster probably misses out because yeah. in terms of who's closer to the first team and who who will be seen as being more first team ready, then it's probably Suso, Suso in, yeah. in, in that instance. Yeah. But you're leaving yourself very light in midfield. That's what I think. I that's think the only might, thing. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's got options. I think that's a good thing. I, I think it's interesting yeah. because it's like interesting, yeah. every when we see the team tomorrow, we're all like no none of us. No, have have really a good idea of who's going to start bar Ricky Lambert and I agree with you Aminule I play him he needs to, he yeah, needs to have a game hmm. he needs to do something well no I'm playing him because I'm playing Jones in the derby <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing Jones in the derby do you remember Goodison Park oh wow. I nearly asked you about it when we thought about Aminule would you drop Aminule for the derby now if we signed Valdez if he was fit like a month ago yeah but no but not for Jones no throw Ricky Lambert and go Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, it would it be a silly question to ask if anybody has any um, insight into how Middlesbrough will be operating tomorrow <laughs> or on oh Tuesday? I'm really worried about Ravinelli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Janino and Ravinelli. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Robson as well. He's an upcoming. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, that is a no. Who is the manager of Middlesbrough? Yeah, Peter right. Karanka used to be. Uh, oh, the, the Mourinho's number two. I think he's still the manager there. I think he is still. No, I, I actually. They have a good goalkeeper, Luke something or other. I think is his name. This is great. Really this is great. Great, great. Analysis. Is it Luke Steele? It could be. Yeah, it could be. Luke Let's Steele. go with that. Is it this, that the fellow that was like United like centuries ago? I think that so. Is yeah, a you yeah, player? Yeah, yeah. Can you name a player? Luke, Luke Steele. Does Ayala still play for them? Curtis Fleming. Does Ayala still play for them? Remember you sent the half for us, Daniel yeah. Ayala? Cor- Didn't he go to Middlesbrough? Uh, I thought he went to Norwich, Norwich wasn't he? Oh, uh, this is stunning, stunning analysis. <laughs> so the danger players for Middlesbrough, yeah. Yeah. Ravinelli, Janino, Curtis Fleming and Ayala. Yeah. And Luke Steele. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, wow, that's the way you go. Paul, uh, let's get out of here because we don't know what we're talking about. And give me a prediction, please. Prediction: right? five injuries. 
That's it. <laughs> I don't know anything else than that. Five injuries. Probably extra time. That, this can go with extra time, can't it? Yeah. <laughs> Extra, yeah. t- extra time yeah. and five injuries. Luke That's Steel. my Bet she doesn't play for him now. <laughs> I guarantee he doesn't play for him. Uh, bloody prediction, please. I think they're going to be difficult. Uh, they're going to just do what most yeah. championships do. They're going to press league fuck. Yeah. And they're going to steal, lads. That's lad, it, lads. Yeah. <laughs> Great goal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think that they're going to make league difficult. They, 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 this is a one cup that a lot of them championship teams look at and say we can get a good run in this. Yeah. And they will be fairly strong. And yeah. one thing about championship so they're very workman like and they will walk us to the fucking bounds. So. I, I love based on absolutely this is, no this knowledge. Is fucking Cha- championship football. Is championship football. <laughs> <laughs> this is tremendous. But that's though. championship football. Like, it's, yeah. they, 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 it's just work rate. Most of them, you know. Well, it is. So, so Sammy Hoopy is doing great. Job I, I think it, I think I'll go the extra time. And I think we we'll win it an extra time. Oh, an extra time yeah. victory. I love that. Very good and beautiful rationalisation beforehand, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Friday. I think we'll go to extra time. We'll, well, I don't know if we'll win it, but it'll definitely go to extra time. <laughs> but I think I think we're going to extra time. I think yeah. it'll be like the Ludogrets game. You know, we'll probably have loads of the ball. We'll probably really be really frustrating going forward. Mm. We'll definitely concede a stupid goal. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> happening. Let's be honest. Definitely, there's an injury happening. That's definitely happening. Through to extra time, and then we'll squeak through. All right, well, Salah, I actually think it'll be relatively comfortable just to be cantankerous, Phil. I think we'll win... 5 nil. Oh my god. What's happened? Ricky ha- Lambert Hattrick. With three Lucas assists. <laughs> Ricky Lambert Hattrick, Barini with one. Because of the Sunderland team. Now you're talking shit. No. Lions are going to start falling out of school. Luke Steele. Lovely. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> with Trev. <laughs> <laughs> Right, first question for you fellas to think about is from Lloyd, and Lloyd is wondering which manager do you reckon will get sacked first? I'm taking this, and it's not that I reckon, I'm actually hoping he does, and that's Pardew. Part. I cannot stand the man. What, 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 what upsets you about it? Why? <laughs> Did you not see that Vine of him there recently? He was on the side of the pitch, and he was fucking going up and down like a monkey, and now he was pointing fingers at people, and now he's going to yeah. make a smile face, and obviously, you tactical genius. Yeah. You know, <laughs> say, he's an absolute clown. He just drives me. So, oh, Padu and monkey gesture shame is what yeah. <laughs> Broken here on that'd the be, day trippers. Yeah, yeah, that'd be one of his. Uh, Least offensive things he's done. I, I, I would have yeah. thought. Yeah. Remember yeah. he headbutted someone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite enjoying the fucking purgatory the Padre's in at the moment. Like where he, uh, mm. it's like when you fucking hate your job but you can't afford to quit. Yeah. <laughs> he's just trying to get sacked. Like the next thing he's going to do is what smack is the, the best thing oh, Ashley won't because it costs too much money and Padre pisses off the Newcastle fans, which Ashley loves. Like, I don't. Ashley <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. is like the biggest wind up merchant to oh, ever yeah. exist on yeah. the earth. He bought the club, <laughs> took the piss out of them, got them relegated, got them back up, gave them brief. Hope, right, and then took it all away again, and yeah. just sitting there. I bet you he's a Sunderland fan. Yeah. <laughs> he's honestly he's delighted with this. Pardew was the most secure job in the Premier League. He's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah, but Pardew gets an eight-year contract, right? He's probably at home going, "How do I get paid out on this now?" <laughs> <laughs> I know what I do. I'll headbutt someone. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> headbutt He's probably walking off the pitch going, "That'll do, lads." <laughs> <laughs> and then when that doesn't work, well, I'll just win no games. <laughs> Still oh no, he's grand. He's yeah. he, we're, we're oh, you've seen Safe. Safe. Well, any other Neil Warnock. Every time, I agree with you he's completely. No, Redknapp. Get him Red out. Redknapp's Red Red getting sacked. Yeah. No, but, yeah. no, but this is who you want out. Oh, who you want? Yeah. But I want Redknapp out. I fucking hate yeah. Redknapp. Really? Oh, ahead of Warnock. 
the I, reprehensible. Well, they just beat the Ev. I'm yeah. kind of, you know, I'm kind of on think, board with Warnock. Do you know who I think like, you know? could end yeah. up in danger very quickly? Because they're that club. Pochettino. I, I fucking was going to say that. Mm. Do you know, you know what I'm? Yeah. They, are this, they haven't won in four. Yeah, and they are one of those clubs who will just sack them. Just, just because yeah. that, that's what Spurs do and they'll appoint Redknapp. Pardew would love that yeah. job. Pardew would love that <laughs> job. No, no, no. David Moyes. David Moyes. He is the man for Spurs. He nearly got the job yeah. and they put AVB in there instead but no, Moyes, you know, he'd be, he'd be the man for Spurs. To be he'll fair, turn, he'll to be turn fair, things around. He'll get them to he sixth. He'll turn them into United. Yeah. 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 To be fair to Pochettino, I'd turn them into Moyes United. Manverton United. Yeah, yeah. To be fair to Pochettino, I mean, I think they've left him very short there. Like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he won. Now, mine got sacked. Mm. He's got no strikers. Yeah. I mean, he's got so bad up. He's got no strikers. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, Redknapp, Pochettino. You know, I'm, st- I'm still. Co- I, I don't want it to happen because I want the torture to go on, but I can still see a Van Gaal storming out of here around Christmas time. <laughs> 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 Just, why the fuck are all my defenders? What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, well, one man who's probably like safe as houses, uh, despite the fact that some of those Rogers idiots actually genuinely came forward there in the last couple of days. Oh, they crawled back out of the woodwork. Oh, it was it's remarkable just, to see all just, the fraudulent like, brigades. It's like, it's like the dark descends and the zombies just start what? creeping yeah, back yeah, out again. It's like, like sitting there and quietly simmering <laughs> while the team yeah, is doing yeah, 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 yeah. This is bollocks, this yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I can't wait he's to a be, fraud. Like, he's I can't wait to lose a few games like yeah. a fucking crawl out the woodwork yeah. here. This is bollocks. They had the exact opposite experience to everyone else last season. Everyone else is going, this is fucking great. And they're going, fuck's sake. Look at yeah. And now we're doing shit. We're all depressed just on the you know the most depressing podcast for all time. Everyone else is home going, lovely. Let's get these stats up. Let's show how he's worse than the Hodge. Honey, honey, where did I leave the laptop <laughs> last year? <laughs> well, one man who was having a bit of a moan about uh, about Brendan um, in, the pub, in public there was in a recent interview with Danny Agger um, what did you guys make of the revelations if you want to call them that where he reckons that maybe he and Brendan didn't really see eye to eye they didn't I know you've got a couple of contrasting opinions here lad. well I think the problem is that Daniel Agger thinks he's a footballer and Brendan realises he's made a paper mache so you should shut the fuck up <laughs> basically that's, that's nice and direct and harsh Phil you have a different opinion I know yeah I th- the comments I thought were fair he didn't get on with Rodgers towards the end he um, felt frozen out of the team um, it's probably standard fare when a manager decides to move a player on um, you know he said he was straight with Rodgers and Rodgers didn't seem to be straight with him but at the same time he finished it off by saying he thinks Rodgers is an excellent manager and he's he going to do well for Liverpool he it's did. like you've seen players put worse boots into managers before mm-hmm. and you know call them out for what they are so I, you know to be quite honest with you I thought the, the comments in themselves like and, and literally as I said he he's always been straight in terms of what he said he's always mm. come out and been straight in the media when he's talked and I don't ha- I don't really have an issue with but it happens all over the place in every workplace people don't get on and yet they get on they do they do what they need to do well, we had a, probably a conversation about this before you know it's rare that players talk straight these days you know and, mm. and you know people aren't used to players coming out Agger's quite famed for it yeah and he, he what he does that's that's Daniel Agger he was straight from the hip he was he was being honest but being respectful in what he said as well so yeah. look I don't have if it, it, they're genuine and they're common like, you take them at face value I don't see him being bitter towards the club or anything like people that people are trying to spin it about you know Brendan's famously said my, my communication is open I think is the line that he uses a lot uh, I think people are trying to spin it to say well yeah, what's going on there why did he freeze him out ah, look come on flip, flip it the other side you're the manager of 
of a football team, right? You, you exactly. Have, yeah. You've decided that a player needs to be replaced, regardless of whether mm. we think that was the right decision or not, right? Yeah. You know, you're not going to if if if, you, if he's not going during the actual season and it's not a transfer window, you know, you're not going to tell him in training. Look, forget about it, fella. You're not getting luck in here. No matter mm. how good you play, mm. I'm still going to revert to the players that I think are better than you. Yeah. And look, the reality is the fact that Daniel Ag is playing for Bromby and not in the what 14 leagues that are better than the Danish league. I mean, it just proves <coughs> that. All right, you can argue about the communication, but Rogers' decision is the right decision. You know, if Aga was physically ready to play at a top league, he'd be playing in a top league. You know, that's the reality of it. I think. That, I mean, you know, I can't remember who said it, but I think his decision, Aga, was play for Bromby or retire. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's, it's not like it doesn't doesn't sully the reputation that Aga has for me in terms of what he performed for the club because no. up until the last season he was arguably our best centre back for three or four no, years. His, his issues his issues were always injuries and not yeah. performance wise for yeah. me. Fair enough, uh, Floody. Uh, you're a man who likes an accessory. Um, <coughs> Uh, Harry uh, Sethi who was on the, the, the pod last week is uh, talking here about snoods and how they're coming up but uh, we were talking amongst ourselves I think they're, they're, they're banned but he was saying what accessory would you add to a footballer's kit? I don't think you can add any accessory to the kit can you? I see them all wearing these stupid booties nowadays and I fucking can't stand them you know? <laughs> what, what, what irritates you about the booties because I hate them as well I just love the old black and white boots. Keep us, keep it old school. You know, yeah. I hate all these new fairy boots that you wear. That you wear at the moment. If you done a close up yesterday of, uh, I think it was on, uh, it was in the PSG game. and done a close up of Ibrahim and his boots. I was like, what the fuck are they? What was going the on? Pixie with boots they wear. They, they're going halfway up his ankle. Oh yeah. But uh, do you know what I'd love to bring back the old headbands? Remember your man used to wear it off Brighton. Oh yeah, 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 yes, yes. Uh, oh, with the with the wonderful yeah, big hair, sweatbands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul back with the with the black and white. Eric Young used to always yeah, wear. Yeah, he was another man. Loved the he had the, he had the wine sweatband yeah. that just didn't go with the Wimbledon kit at all. It was like wine. Do you remember it was wine and they yeah, wore blue and yellow? Like yeah. there has to be a bit of color coordination if you're going to add some accessories. Uh, well, or no, clash is better, isn't it? Nah, a bit of colour coordination. Like that, sure, the, the tape on your socks can't even clash anymore, has no. it with the same colour. Oh, yeah, do, yeah. do you know what yeah, the latest yeah. accessory is? Go on. And if you watch carefully, you'll see it. They're all cutting their socks at around the ankle point and they're wearing these comfort socks underneath, on, oh, yeah. underneath right? Um, uh, the, and this is the latest thing because they, they give you a tighter fit in your actual boot and it stops the boot from slipping your feet. Now, I don't know how a pair of booties can fucking slip on your feet. They're up around <laughs> your ankle, right? Yeah. And they're wearing them still with that. But you can actually see where they've cut the sock and you can see the undersock underneath it. Yeah, I can't understand how anyone wants to wear those fucking things. Do you remember? Do you remember the other trend they went through? The What's this, the booties? Booties. What the fuck? They're horrible looking things. Uh, yeah. Like it's a rugby player's boot. What are you? It's doing? not even a rugby player's boot because it's not leather. It's it's fabric. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like just, cloth or something. Yeah. Of it, but but it? like so, it's got the look of it. It's so. for added, I, I can't. I can't listen, I can't go on about accessories because when when I play in golf for my team, my my uh, gloves are a snakeskin pattern. I got, <laughs> I, got, I got them specifically so I could be the biggest cunt in the league. Like, you know this fucking. There's Toby goalkeeper and snake skins back there. The pitch give a shout and abuse up, and you call you a wanker. I'm a moe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm just getting worse and worse. You have, I'll to. have to go out and get the. Yeah, bo- I'm, the I'm with you, Paul. I, I, I was always one for not wanting to wear black shorts and black socks when I was in goal. I yeah. used to always go for like light blue or white or whatever I could find. Yeah. White short, white shorts, white socks, and white boots in goal. <laughs> fucking Ireland in the middle of winter, just to wind them up, or just because I like it. Because yeah, you just <laughs> really like oh, I got it, yeah. the snakes and specifically to be the biggest. And yet you you be. admire. Keepers who wear all black. I remember you saying this during the yeah, World yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks cool. You know, and all key. You know, and the blacked out boots as well. Yeah, that yeah. looks brilliant as well. Dave, booties? Yes, no. Mm, 
No, not for me. I'm, I mean, it's been a long time since I put on football boots, but no, not for me. Yet. There's always a trend. As I said, the socks is the latest one. There was, remember the kinesiology tape, the, the pink and, and yeah. blue tape that yeah, went Yeah, coming up the back of lads' yeah. necks and yeah. down their and thighs the and stuff. What's That's all? vanished. Then we yeah. had the, the, remember the plasters on the nose to, to help yeah. your, your airways. And they had the snoods. So well, well, I think floody shot, shot of a headband is actually quality. Yeah, it's about time the headband yeah. came back. The, 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 I'd say Warrior will bring out a kit with a pocket square in it or something. One of these days, <laughs> they? They're, they're kind of heading that way, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can put a napkin in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm surprised nobody uh, marketed the Peter Check head, head uh, helmet. Like, you know, I'm the, Adidas had gone, their own version. Let's get a few of them on the go. Well, it's rugby player equipment, isn't it? Yeah, I think is it, I think I it's think rugby. It is. Christian yeah, Kivu yeah. had one as well. Christian Kivu had, oh, had one. Well, he had the ear things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like and a he, fire pilot from World War II wandering <laughs> around the pitch. <laughs> have you ever seen <laughs> my plane's here somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see Kivu in his gimp gear? Right, there was he, he broke his cheekbone or something. Right, <laughs> he had the rugby helmet and a full face mask. As well. <laughs> yeah, oh, I swear to God, dig out the pictures of it. He actually looks like a gimp running around the pitch. He's come straight from a dungeon somewhere onto the pitch. His gear. I was sure it was the mouth, the mouth gagging thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little red ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we'll finish off with one from Lee, and Lee is saying there's only 14 weeks till Christmas, so what would you like to have in your Christmas stocking? Uh, and he shouts for that, what do you want for Christmas, lads, basically? What are you looking forward to? Is there a monetary loan on this, or is it just whatever? You can have whatever the hell you want. You can't go, I always have to have a Terry's chocolate orange in my stocking. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. That's always my treat on Christmas morning. Ah, Jesus. Yeah. The simple pleasures. I, I get a selection box anyway. Santa always leaves the under Christmas tree. Yeah. But it's always a Terry's chocolate orange in the sock. Terry's chocolate yeah. orange selection box. Because if uh, somebody breaks in, you can also use it as a weapon. A Terry's chocolate orange. <laughs> oh, yeah. like as in the, the full. I, you, I, I, I was just thinking of, you know, the, the little. The segment. Segment. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this fella? <laughs> Some weapon. <laughs> <laughs> right, Poking him roughly in the ribs with a chocolate bar. Uh, Floody, any thoughts? Yes, what you'd like no, to, for Christmas? Really. You're, just in, you're, no, you're no, easily no, pleased, no, eh, fella? I just like the football over Christmas. I the just darts. like the football. The football on the darts. Look at these fuckers. Chocolate and football. It, yeah. Dave, come on. Book the trend here, fella. When you have young kids, like you kind of forget about yourself. Yeah. Oh, for like, fuck's sake! No, fuck do like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's horrible when you're not, you know when you you stop making a profit and you you, you start losing you, you start losing money at Christmas. It's the worst. And thing you ever. get Christmas no present. You get now, shit yeah. presents. That's, That's what I mean. I so fucking you don't hate it. Do you know? I think everyone remembers that day, the first day it was Christmas, and you're all excited. and you got a link set. You know that's just that's it. What's even worse? You get socks in your stocking. It's like oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> I've hung one up for presents. I didn't want fucking replacements. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in all honesty, we uh, not to get all meta on this, but you know we live in a world where we can buy anything you want all the time. <sighs> you never have to wait for anything. <laughs> No, there's no delays you know what I mean you don't have to wait for Christmas for anything if I want something wank. you know you go <laughs> that's what I love the lovely a Christmas wank <laughs> in your socking yeah. a wank sock a wank sock <laughs> in a sock Christmas. a wank for one and all one of my ten and we're out we finish off with some admin 
any Irish listeners who like playing football should come and do so here at Astro Park. Book your pitch time at astropark.ie. On our website at the moment, lfcdaytrippers.com, we have lots of cool stuff. Fantastic articles and some fine writers, including some of the lads who are in the bunker tonight, Bardemo, obviously. And you can find details on there of a fantastic competition with Campo Retro, um, where you can win a retro LFC top. Um, that competition is going to be closing soon, so it's your last chance to enter. Also, we have a day trip planned on November the 1st. LFC fans from all over the country will be heading to Waterford for an overnighter in the Dooley Hotel. We're going to be there as part of it. Uh, we'll be recording something on a day, so if you want to get involved, you need to get on to YNWA Irish Reds. You may be asking, where's the Derby preview? Well, fear not, because we're going to do one of our specials with AI, which will be out on Thursday. The preview of the match was basking in the warm glow of our glorious Capital One victory over Borough, in which no doubt Ricky Lambert will score 10 goals. You may have noticed also us mentioning our new Anfield FM show last week. Well, it'll be all done this week and hopefully live by the weekend. It's very, very different to this show, but tune in via anfieldfm.org. Oh, we've handily embedded the player in the website so you can use any web radio app for your mobile devices. We hope and we think it's something that you'll enjoy. Your day trippers tonight were Paul Brennan, Dave Thomas, Damo Floyd, Phil Casey and myself, Trev Downey. <laughs> Dave's just sending Damo abuse in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, was, I'm just going to start writing articles for Damo. That'd be brilliant if you actually didn't write a Dear Damo article. Dear Damo. And if you could go back over Damo. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what the funny thing is, right? A Dave series went, of articles on the website, a Dear Damo, Dear Dave series. Yeah. And, and Damo replies, I don't give a bollocks. <laughs> they spent 100 million in the summer. Everybody has to spend 100 million in the summer. In the WhatsApp group. Group, right, everyone calls me Dave, and then I'm arguing with him, and he goes, "Why is that David?" He's broken into David. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like your man's found your porn stash. That's David. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what were you putting under that fridge? I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. I'll only be a minute. Come in with me. What is HomeSense anyway? Look, outdoor furniture is in. Hey, that's a great brand. And it's a six-piece set. Check out this price. Are you sure that's not just the no, table? No, chairs too. Is this an outdoor rug? It is. It's nicer than our indoor rug. Outdoor ottomans, planters, patio umbrellas. Are you seeing these prices? You save a lot at HomeSense. This is the year we love our backyard. Can I say something? Yes. I'll get the truck. And that is why I love you. Save on outdoor like never before at HomeSense. Discover a store near you at HomeSense.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.